Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. In our typical trending news episodes, we discuss a few recent newsworthy items we think healthcare leaders should be considering. Today, we're going to focus on one major news item that has had everyone buzzing over the last few months, ChatGPT. I'm here with Dynamics, Michael Hudson, Mike Catone, and Vish Kaushik to talk about what this technology is and what it could mean for the healthcare industry. Hudson, could you kick us off by giving our listeners just a brief rundown of what ChatGPT is and how it works? Sure, Jen. ChatGPT is a particular type of artificial intelligence known as a large language model, and it's trained on massive volumes of internet texts. The GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which means that it's generating new responses that have never existed before based on training that it's received from engineers and test users optimizing responses over time. So whereas search engines scan the internet to point the user towards existing web pages that are most likely to answer their query, JetGBT is creating novel responses based upon its scanning of huge volumes of information. Thanks, Hudson. When you hear the name ChatGPT, it kind of calls back maybe those old era search engines like Ask Jeeves, or even some of the chatbots that we've been seeing proliferate across the internet for the last several years. But Mike, beyond the specific AI that's utilized, how is ChatGPT really different from the rest? I think ChatGPT is just really impressive. Beyond being very different from the way that traditional chatbots might be built, it's really just a huge change for an interaction between a human and a chatbot. It, it feels like you're talking to a real person. You input a question just like you would ask a human being, and it can provide a pretty extensive, cohesive response. You can even ask it to return its response within a certain context, in the style of a particular writer or persona. You can even ask it follow-up questions where each response builds on the last. Think of ChatGPT as like chatbots on anabolic steroids, right? So ChatGPT definitely represents a huge leap in the progression of like technology. So you would have probably had the experience of noticing that most chatbots have a limited range of pre-configured types of questions it recognizes. And then it provides you with canned responses based on how it's been indexing the previous questions. This new AI, however, is truly generating new responses to virtually any question the user can conceive. But you got to keep in mind, ChatGPT still truly does not understand or comprehend what it is saying in the human sense of the word. It uses stats, reinforcement learning, supervised learning to sort of like index words, phrases, sentences based on huge volumes of data. Thanks, Fish. I can certainly see how this represents like that next gen leap in AI, particularly when you kind of apply it within the chatbot context. But this isn't the first time we've talked about AI and its potential implications on this podcast. Hudson, I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about why it's really dominating the headlines right now. ChatGBT really blew up the headlines just after Thanksgiving last year when OpenAI, the maker of ChatGPT, kind of released it to the wild. And so at the tail end of 2022 and in the, the first quarter here in 2023, millions of people have been able to start playing with the technology and imagining its potential. 
Until that point, tech leaders who have been developing this type of AI technology have been more cautious about deploying their services to narrow sets of trusted users while they work through some of the potential issues with their platforms. So really what's changed is kind of the broad scale of use and how many different hands it's getting into across a range of different fields in the economy. I've definitely been having fun, you know, playing with this technology to do things like emails, travel itineraries, et cetera. But I get a little nervous when I hear things about issues. And that's why traditionally these types of platforms were kept a little closer to the vest. When we're talking about issues, Vish, what type of issues are we really discussing here? So if you think about how ChatGPT works, its responses make sense. And it's really good when it comes to mirroring different writing styles to sort of like sound smart and conversational. But of course, there's still the potential for it to go off the rails a bit. So it can produce incorrect responses every now and then, but it also leaves it susceptible to sort of stepping on politically or socially sensitive narratives across the internet. The underlying technology in this case scrapes the internet for info and then sort of like packages it in a consumable form to the user who asked the question. But then remember, it's sort of banking its response based on information that it's picking up from different data points across the web, not all of which are always accurate. Vish, those were some really interesting points. And I think it is going to be helpful to expand a little bit on what GPT is, is good at. It's really good at answering a series of related questions, writing articles, providing summaries. As an example, if you wanted a primer on a given topic, ChatGPT is really adept at pulling together something that might take a couple of hours or days of online research if you were to do it by hand. It's good at planning an itinerary for a vacation, and it'll help you really understand the best way to make use of your time if you give it a little bit of instruction about the type of trip you're looking for, whether you want to relax or be adventurous. It's very good at understanding those human emotions, but those human emotions have been just extracted from the corpus of text that it's learned from. It has no understanding of adventure. It has no understanding of relaxation beyond when it hears relaxation, some of the related words that come up are beach and pool. And then when it hears adventure, you think about things like hiking or off-roading. It's making these connections while it's being trained and it's regurgitating them back out. Now that's really interesting for vacation itinerary travel, but when you get into more sensitive areas and you're worried about factual accuracy, that is where you might run into some problems. It's generating new responses that aren't pre-programmed, so it's going to make its best guess at the answer you're looking for, but that might not be correct. It might just be what it thinks is the right answer. So your mileage might vary if you're looking for a factual response, and, and I think that's definitely something that OpenAI and other makers of the technologies that involve large language models are really looking at, how to improve that factual accuracy. These are all really important concerns with this technology to flag. I might not care if my travel itinerary isn't optimal or has maybe been, for lack of a better word, plagiarized from the travel blogs of the internet. But if I'm a private company, this veracity of sources that are driving the model, this idea of plagiarism, this idea of not being able to pull factual accuracy into the model in a substantial way, Feels, feels like a concern to me. What are some of the other concerns that if I'm 
a private company that this technology might present. When it comes to a private business, the biggest issue is that private businesses are very used to kind of having control over the narrative that they're putting out into the world. And the concern here is that AI comes up with its own responses. So we were talking a little bit earlier about traditional chatbots and how they have a very limited use case based upon specific types of questions that they're anticipating visitors of their website might have. And they have to basically pre-can responses to those questions, which can be very laborious for their internal marketing or customer service teams to put together. So while that's been a limitation of chatbots in the past, the benefit of that has been that private enterprises have had a lot of control over the responses that they're giving back to customers and ensuring that they are both accurate and on brand. And so with a new technology that uses generative AI, while there's some ability to train the responses, you do relinquish some of that control. And that leaves the, the company a little bit susceptible or vulnerable to responses that might mislead the customer or cause some confusion or cause some issues with their branding in the marketplace. I think an additional thing that's important to highlight there is there's a characteristic of these large language models and generally AI and machine learning from a broader standpoint. People refer to it as a black box where you input data, it goes into a black box, and then there's an output of data. In ChatGPT, that example is you type a line of text, the response happens within the confines of the black box, and then the output comes out. It is very difficult, especially for a large language model of this size, of these billions of parameters and billions and billions of words, characters, that corpus is enormous. It's very difficult to explain why a response was generated in a certain way. When I think about how a private enterprise might balk at that, it makes sense to me. If a recommendation is coming out of ChatGPT or any other kind of large language model or AI application, and you can't explain why that recommendation was made when there are more important ramifications than a bot's travel itinerary, you can understand why some hesitancy might be present. Such great points, Mike and Hudson. I can see how those concerns, that sort of fine line between being able to tap into this technology that has this very human feel to it versus not being able to know how it's being generated or control the narrative can can really be challenging in certain areas when we're talking about potentially working with patients, right? And wanting to be sure that the information that this technology is giving them is, is true, is accurate, and doesn't put them in a position of liability. Despite all these concerns, it doesn't seem like things are slowing down in this space. It seems like this AI arms race, for lack of a better term, is, is really just heating up. I think that's a really great way to put it, Jen. We've seen OpenAI's public release of ChatGPT have an enormously fast uptake in terms of users. They've reached a million users for ChatGPT, I think faster than any technology product in history. And it's really interesting to see that public interest really drive enterprise interest. OpenAI and Microsoft, I'm sure as many of our listeners have seen, have entered into a partnership to sort of supercharge Bing with ChatGPT. 
And this, I think, is going to have huge ramifications because it's going to force other players in this example, in the search market, it's going to force them to respond. Google has responded with its own large language model that they call Lambda that powers its conversational chatbot BART. Meta, I'm sure, is working on a way to integrate this into their products. They're really valuing AI as a significant, I think, part of their future business efforts. And large companies that don't consider this are really going to be caught flat-footed. From a personal perspective, I'm sure our listeners can see value of applying it to their daily lives. And I know it can be dangerous to jump into the prognostication game when it comes to AI in particular, but I'm curious, Hudson, where do you see the applications for this technology specific to the healthcare industry? To be truthful, no one can say for sure. Many are talking about this being the next major disruption to our entire economy, and we're still at the very early days. Who could have accurately predicted in the late 90s, for example, all of the far-reaching consequences of the internet? Or in the mid and late aughts, what new business models and societal trends would emerge from the smartphone and mobile technologies that became available to the masses? What we've seen with these prior technological innovations is that typically they follow a pattern of first providing what we would call sustaining innovations, which simply build upon or reinforce existing business models. Then over time, innovators find new ways to use the technology that completely upend existing ways of doing business. So in this case, the sustaining innovation is search and all of the different applications that could be built upon kind of a search business model or how search can be applied to existing businesses today. And so we're moving from a search engine to an answer engine world. And I would expect that we'll see a similar pattern play out here where the first wave of impact is focused on existing business models, driving efficiency, cost reduction, improve patient and provider experiences across the value chain. So the same types of challenges that organizations are already focused on today, applying some additional fuel to the fire. You know, I was just thinking about this, like a significant application of chat GPT in health plans and with providers would be its role as a virtual assistant. So as an example, it can provide real-time information and support answering member questions. It can be used to sort of like remind patients to take their medications, attend appointments. And ultimately, of course, this would like lead to better patient outcomes uh, through adherence. It has the potential, ChatGPT does, to sort of like streamline processes, increase the efficiency, and then ultimately reduce costs in, in healthcare. Now, what's important to understand here is it's not going to take over an actual task, but rather the segment of it that would typically lean heavily on like an administrative aspect. So an example here would be, you know, the automation of like a routine task that could free up your medical staff to focus on like more complex tasks, improving overall efficiency. Let's, you know, sort of like double click further. If you've got a provider who's looked over the patient's health records and understands that this patient is perhaps at risk for a chronic condition. The provider can leverage ChatGPT's functionality to draft communications that would provide them with context, give them like a summary of their most recent doctor's office visit, and then also encourage them to enroll in a smoking cessation program. All of this can be done within seconds of just providing basic instructions saying, for patient X, 
create a letter for me that encourages them to enroll in program X, Y, and Z. The application will output a letter that you can then customize and then make sure that it's got the relevant information before it is sent to the patient or the appropriate channels. So the process of actually recognizing that the patient is at a health risk, that is still done by the human, by the professional. But a lot of the administrative aspect of this can be moved over to ChatGPT, which you can use as a virtual assistant. And if you look like just one level further on the trends that we've been seeing this past decade, I expect there's going to be like a continuation of consumer-directed healthcare. Patients will start their health-related inquiries with an AI, do like a self-diagnosis of their conditions based on their symptoms that they or their loved ones are experiencing. Now, with accuracy being a concern, however, when the answers are sort of like picked up from across the internet, you can see that consumers come to trusted sources of information. So, for example... I could see major health institutions pointing a chat GPT towards like validated information sets based on things like academic research to provide more trustworthy information, right? This would then serve as like the basis for a further discussion with a clinician. So that way it accelerates the clinical discussion so that the humans can elevate their role to provide even greater value. Now that's the ultimate goal, right? For a lot of technology, and AI is no exception. It is by no means intended to displace humans entirely, but rather to like elevate us to take on more meaningful roles. One of the shortcomings of ChatGPT as it exists today is that it's combing almost like too large of a data set because it is trying to be all things to all people. And so the range of topics that it can help with is absolutely amazing. And that's one of the things that excites us about it as part of its power. But I think for the healthcare industry to really get value from technologies like ChatGPT in a domain where trust, accuracy, and privacy are really paramount, the key, as you mentioned, will be actually pointing it at a more targeted but very rich data set. So you can think about this playing out with health plans as well, following the existing trajectory of using chatbots or virtual agents on websites. ChatGPT and its future iterations show promise to provide more personalized support with things like benefits information, finding in-network providers, processing claims, and doing all of that in a very conversational and user-friendly interface. As somebody who works a lot in the life sciences industry, I could see potential applications from learning about protein folding to creating better targeting algorithms that understand what content and support patients and doctors are looking for when they engage in a new treatment. The thing that is really going to be important to creating these tools and creating these new experiences is the rich data set to train against. Because again, it has no prior knowledge unless you give it that data set. So that's going to be really interesting. And I think anyone who's listening has probably heard the phrase that data is the new oil. I think that might be, I'm dating myself like 15 years old at this point, but I think there is probably going to be an increased focus on that because data is the material that powers these applications. I know that this technology is not going to be a panacea for some of the challenges that are currently facing the healthcare industry, but I love the idea of leveraging this kind of in that, that hard spot between two industry trends, right? This consumer demand for increasing personalization in their care. And I think any of us that have maybe interacted with some chatbots 
or the prior authorization process, their health plans, we, there, there's probably some room for a bit more humanizing of the communication and making it easier to understand, right? So the conversational nature is really a cool feature of chat GPT when I think about that. But also that idea you talked about of enabling providers, enabling people in the system to really operate at the top of their license is so key because we know that we are staring down a huge workforce crisis when it comes to healthcare. So looking for solutions that from a technology perspective can free up some of that time by automating some of the more time intensive tasks that these individuals face, particularly as they're thinking about trying to personalize care is really cool. So I'm really loving all this discussion of the possibilities here. I actually asked ChatGPT about its future in the healthcare industry in one sentence. And the response was the future of chat GPT in healthcare is promising as it has the potential to assist healthcare providers in providing personalized and timely information to patients and aid in medical research. So a little bit long of a sentence, but Hudson, I'm curious, what do you think about this response and, and what it means to be in the healthcare space right now with this technology? Couldn't have written a better response myself, right? So could have saved us all 25 minutes and just uh, gone straight to chat GPT, I guess. No, but you're, you're right, Jen. Like it is a, a fascinating time to be working in the healthcare space and leaders across the healthcare industry will really need to be thinking diligently about the potential applications of technologies like chat GPT to augment their ability to deliver care and, and positive experiences for their customers. Because honestly, as we've seen across a number of different industries, if you're not thinking ahead about it, your competition is. And so these things are going to impact us one way or the other. The other thing I think we can say is we don't know exactly where this is going to lead. It's not going to be a linear path forward. Companies will try new things. They'll pivot. They'll fail along the way. While I don't know 10 years from now exactly what will be different than it is today across the healthcare landscape, I can say confidently that it will be different. And part of that difference will be driven by new technologies like ChatGPT. Honestly, I think it's going to be a fun decade ahead trying to navigate through that process. Thanks for joining us, guys. We know that the only constant in the healthcare industry is change, especially when it comes to technology and artificial intelligence. So I can't wait to hear what we're talking about next month. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.